0: Wildcat Radio.
1: Welcome back, Wildcats, to Wildcat Radio. We are your source for Arizona football, basketball, and recruiting news. You can subscribe to the podcast for free through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, basically any podcast catcher. Be sure to also follow the podcast on social media, on Twitter, at Wildcat Radio AZ. Be sure to also check out our Facebook page, Wildcat Radio. While you're out there on the interwebs, check out our website, WildcatRadioAZ.com. That is the exclusive home for all of our podcasts, written content, um, You know, run the gauntlet, all of the against the spread picks that we have that uh, the updates just came out, and I am Happy to report that I am now twelve games under five hundred. So there is basically no way to claw my way out of this. There's like two <laughs> weeks left, and I, I would basically have to run the table both weeks to even get back to Mount five hundred. So, um, congrats to everybody else who is over five hundred. But uh, like I just sent out to everybody, you know, somebody had to be the Oregon State. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to do that for you, Adam. Happy. Yeah, to- even
0: Oregon State beat Colorado. Though I think I'm short a game, and I think I know which one it was. I got I was late on a Friday night game. I think it was like UCLA, Oregon or something, that game that I knew what the, who was going to win. I just forgot to put it in. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, shoot. Not yeah. that I'm going to win anyway, because even then with that, I'd still be six games back with just a couple of weeks to go. But it would be another you know W on the – or another one in the night column for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't know what that's like. So I'm, I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that uh, you know above 500, that's what we strive for. And, yes. I uh, uh, yeah, missed the target on that one. But anyway,
0: so that's OK. Finish yeah, strong. It happens. Yeah. yeah finish just strong momentum and going into next season. That's all you want to do. <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah. Those extra practices. Hopefully get to a bowl <laughs> game, that type of stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, just on that front, then, Adam, let's just go ahead and hop right into it. So we did. We have not recorded uh, in about a couple weeks now. Right. So we did not record last week with the bye week scheduling conflicts just didn't really have a chance to do so but the good news is there really wasn't much to report on i know brian the other guys did a great job breaking down the mm-hmm. colorado game um and you know uh, let, let's just briefly touch on that i mean now you know we're, we're two college football weekends removed from that colorado game um feels like an eternity to go but it was yeah. a very big game um khalil tate i mean he's healthy right i mean there, there's a lot to be
0: excited about here Certainly looks that way, and I think we were all wondering how this team would come out after the Oregon game. Yeah, you know, because it's like Arizona looked like the season was just off the rails. They weren't going bowling after the loss to UCLA, and then they come out to stomp Oregon. You're like, okay, that that was good, but is it just kind of that fluke game that Arizona tends to have every now and then, where they just beat up on a good team for no reason at all? And then it's like, okay, well, you get Colorado, who used to be good, had been struggling really badly coming to town, and you wondered how the Cats would respond. And it, early on, it didn't look great. You know, the Cats got off to a slow start. You're like, this is bad. But really, after the first quarter, Arizona was clearly the better team. And yeah, you can't say enough about Khalil Tate. He had as many touchdown passes as incomplete passes. And, you know, the one interception wasn't great. And I remember talking to him like, oh, well, he was just throwing the ball up and receivers were making great plays. And, yeah, that's part of being a quarterback, though. Give your receivers a chance to make the plays. And credit to Arizona's what he did. But the healthier Khalil Tate gets, the more you start to see he's not the runner still, but the threat of the runners there and he can really throw the ball.
1: Career highs in passing yardages, right? So th- 350 yards in the air. He even pulled off a 25-yard run, which is something we hadn't seen really much at all this year, right? So the BYU is the healthiest he's been all year and uh obviously well documented he did not run much in that game if at all. Um so 350 yards in the air, career high, ties a career best in throwing and passing touchdowns with 5 seems like this is kind of, you know, obviously we, we, we've missed the boat in terms of presence on the national stage. Um, but with USC losing last week, you know, that's that's one horse that has fallen out of this Pac-12 South race. So it is kind of interesting to see that we're kind of still in the mix a little bit. Obviously, a lot of things still have to go our way. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago after that Colorado game or really once that uh, once that weekend had concluded of all the college games, and you know there was like oh you know there's just log jam up at the top and you know ASU mm-hmm. controls its vict- uh, c- controls its destiny and you know SC's in the mix Utah's in the mix for somehow somehow believe it or not Arizona's still in the mix I, I was having flashbacks to twenty fourteen. Now obviously the, the quality of play is, is much lower oh, than it yeah, was in twenty fourteen. Yeah, but 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 I mean it's still like there is somewhat of a parallel though when you actually think about all these different outcomes, how much of a log jam's on top. Um, you know, that year we lost to both USC and UCLA and we're still on the hunt, similar to this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, so it, it's it's obviously something to keep an eye on. Exciting stuff. But everything is predicated uh, on this upcoming weekend up in Pullman. Let's just go ahead and jump into it. Bryant and the guys also they, they did a very thorough breakdown of Washington State uh, of this matchup so Adam I, I don't think it's worth us spending too much time on it the big focal point will be basketball and I know our fans are just chomping at the bit for that so we will certainly get to that momentarily but um, it, it, I think it is worth just spending a couple minutes on this Washington State matchup just because uh, it, it, it's a it, it is a big matchup I mean now here we are sitting at five and five but if we like I said if we want to stay alive in this pac-12 South race I mean this is is a game we have to win how likely is it that we can go up there and take care of business Adam
0: Uh, it doesn't seem likely right now Washington State is good yeah (laughs) I guess this is kind of where you get pissed about that UCLA loss because it's like oh if Arizona wins that game then they're in control of the Pac-12 South the way things have gone but you know Washington State has been surprisingly I think really good this season they're the conference's last hope to get a playoff team and you know, grand they beat Cal a couple weeks ago by six. It wasn't exactly impressive, and they barely beat Stanford, and they've been winning these close games. So going up there to Pullman in, what, an 8.30 kickoff our time? Yeah. 7.30 their time? Like, it's going to be cold, but the weather looks like it's supposed to be not terrible, I don't think, outside of just being cold. I don't know. A healthy Khalil Tate with the bye week and the way the defense has been playing, maybe Arizona's feeling good, and they go out there, and I think it's only a 10-point spread right now, so. There's some people who I think are starting to buy into Arizona, and it wouldn't sh- this is such a hedging thing to say, but it wouldn't shock me if Arizona is competitive and wins this game because I still don't know how good Washington State is, but mm-hmm. it'll take Khalil Tate being a lot like what he was against Colorado, plus the running quarterback, I think, too, to beat Washington State. I mean, he did it last year, but this is a different Cougars team in Arizona. Maybe they have figured out how they need to play to be successful, but going on the road and beating Washington State is different than beating Colorado at home and even beating Oregon at home.
1: So I, I definitely don't want to discount a 9-1 record, right? Because, I mean, clearly they, they, they have done everything that they needed to do, basically everything short of just beating USC in that close fought mm-hmm. game week four, right? So, I mean, it's crazy to think that that, that three-point loss, and they kind of did have control at one point in that game, and USC came back, and there was some life of JT Daniels in that game. You know, it really could have gone either way. But it's crazy to think that that game... Is what's keeping them from a ten and zero start, which is just insane to say or even think about for that matter. But um, you know, if, if, if you actually go back and you start picking apart their opponents and everything, right? Like, I don't know. It, it's hard to say how impressive what they've done up to this point. I mean, nine and one again. I don't want to discount because nine and one, you won ninety percent of your games through the first ten weeks, right? Your first ten games, fantastic. That's that's very difficult to do. The quality of opponent, though, is where I start to question it, but. You, it's, you, you can't really knock a team for their schedule, Adam. When I was writing the uh, the Washington State preview, the, the first look for AZ Desert Swarm, um, I, I, I was kind of looking at you know total offense, total defense. Where do they rank? And I, st- I noticed something there that you know they're the top twenty defense, uh, top twenty total defense, top twenty total offense. They are one of three teams in the country with that honor mm-hmm. at this point. Can you think of who the other two are?
0: hmm i would probably put alabama in there that's one of them and notre dame clemson so so so
1: so you were talking about the last so the elite team the 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 last two championship teams right the last two programs rather because they aren't the same teams right this is in the nfl there's turnover constantly but um so you're talking about the top two teams in the country and they are up there in terms of this ranking, in terms of what they've accomplished. So again, it's it's so I'm I'm kinda talking my way back out of this a little bit, right? So they're <laughs> nine and one. Look at look at who they played, not too impressive, but what they have done in those games in terms of statistics and everything. I mean, they're up there. So I'm 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 really yeah. torn on this. I, I'm really torn. I don't really know what to read on this. I, I, I will say, in terms of their total defense, that to me is probably the most impressive because you expect to see a Mike Leach offense really take control and be you know top twenty you know up there. Gardner Minshew has done a tremendous job this year, right? The grad transfer from East Carolina has just done a tremendous job stepping in and, and really taking over this program in a time when you know there was true adversity, right? You hear adversity, somebody breaks their leg, fine. You know what they've gone through is absolute adversity, and to see them in this spot, I mean, it, it is it is a feel good story, right, for this program the way it turned around, fine, um, but. I guess where I look at the most is I think they can be had in the air. It's the running game. And J.J. Taylor over these last few weeks has really come on. I mean, he's he's got three straight games of 100-yard plus, and he's uh, o- almost 200 yards, right? The Colorado, he finished with 192. That would have been back-to-back weeks with 200-plus. Uh, Washington State allows 125 yards per game on the ground. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you have to establish the run game, but the passing game. So it really comes down to, you know, is, is Khalil Tate going to be able to, to carry over some of that magic in the air?
0: Yeah, and it's like, I think I, going back to the idea of is Washington State as good as their record? I'm guessing it's because part of we, we doubt them because we didn't expect them to be this good. Mm-hmm. So you kind of try to pick it apart. You're like, well, they, they shouldn't be 9-1. But you look at it and say, okay, who's okay, – we'll look at this way. What's Arizona's best win this season, would you say?
1: Uh, they're. uh, I mean, Oregon. I guess it has to be Oregon.
0: Washington State beat Oregon. Yep. Yeah. What's the second best win? Probably Colorado. Yeah. Washington State just crushed Colorado. Mm -hmm. Third best win, probably Cal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they beat Cal. So, if we want to discount Washington State's schedule, we got to do the same for Arizona's. And it's not to say that the way they are right now. I think Arizona right now is a better team than they were. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, yeah, with new coaching staff and with a healthier Khalil Tate and just kind of more of an identity, Arizona is better than they were earlier in the season. But Washington State, what they've been doing since that loss to USC, and they're not blowing the good teams; they're not blowing out of the water. Mm-hmm. But they're winning games. They're finding ways. And Minshew's been phenomenal. And how Arizona beats them, it, it always comes back to the running game. I don't think it's any coincidence that the last couple weeks, has done well with J.J. Taylor doing what he has. And boy, did, if anyone deserved a bye week, it was him after those 40 carries against Colorado. But that's what it comes down to, for Arizona. The running game sets everything up for Khalil Tate. If they can run for 200-plus yards, then Khalil Tate can throw for 350 and five touchdowns. It just makes everything that much easier for them. So it's one of those situations where I think Arizona's offense is kind of figuring itself out but can their defense slow down Washington state? And that's going to be the challenge in this one, because most defenses have not slowed down Washington state. So can Arizona be one of the first to do so? I don't know, mm-hmm. but the way the cats are playing, obviously they didn't play great against Colorado. They got enough stops, a couple turn, you know, the turnover at the end, but, This is a different animal. It's going to be a tough matchup for them.
1: Yeah, I I hear you, Adam. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm excited for this one. Not so excited about the kick time, but you know, I'll take the national coverage right on on being on ESPN. That's fine. Hopefully, people assuming people watch. Yeah, Yeah. assuming people are awake on the East Coast, that's fine. But uh, you know. there will be a lot to keep an eye on in this game, right? With these last two weeks, can, can we keep some momentum going, riding a two-game winning streak back to five hundred once again? I mean, it's crazy that uh, we're so excited about a five and five record at this point. But I mean, given yeah,
0: winning this game keeps you alive for the South, and if nothing else, it makes you bowl eligible.
1: Right, right, yeah. So at five and, and of, five, that's another big win. Five and five, right? The, the the big number now at this point to to make a, a season somewhat relevant, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's, a, it, it's an awful season. But but if you get to six wins, I mean, that, that at least says something like you didn't have a horrible season, right? So at this point, that, that, that's the adjusted target on the season. Well, for um, where
0: this team was a few weeks ago, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, the big steps, right? Especially with the games that we had to play to get to 500 and then potentially bowl eligible, right? Like beating Oregon, beating Colorado. I mean, we know that you know, now it looks like that Oregon game. Who knows what to think of Oregon at this point? Uh, but, you know, it's still a big win. They, they were still ranked when they came into the game. Uh, they played, they beat Washington, played Stanford very tough, you know. So, I mean, it is a decent team. Uh, and then Colorado, you know, yes, they didn't have Chenault. That's fine. But, you know, a, help. a win's a win. <laughs> a win's a win. I mean, you, you, I'm never going to scoff at a win, right? So, no, and
0: Arizona's dealt with injuries, too. know, I mean, we got to remember, and this is like, if Arizona makes it to a bowl game, and especially if they beat ASU in the process, then I don't think people will look at this season as a terrible disappointment. No. You know, if it's a six-win team, if they're 6-6 six and in six, you know, the regular season, they go to a bowl game, and one of those six wins is against ASU. And I think people will be fine with it. And granted, it's not what we thought it could have been when the season began. I, we go back to our season preview, and we talked about how nine wins, ten wins, yeah. you know, this could be a great Arizona team. And it obviously didn't happen. And you can point to the new coaching staff transition. You can point to Khalil Tate's ankle. I and mean, there's a lot of things you can look at and say, maybe that's why. And again, I mean, close loss to BYU, close loss to USC. You know, close loss to UCLA, that's three games right there where if they'd gone the other direction, Arizona's eight and two right now. And it's mm-hmm. not how things work, of course, but I think this is the type of season where now where the Arizona's at after losing to UCLA when, I know I came this show and I'm like, yeah, they're not going to a bowl game. Yeah. You know, that's out of the question. Well, here we are. They just have to win one of their final two games, and one of which is at them against an ASU team that's also better than people thought they'd be, but I'm not sure how good they really are. So I, at this point, I think if Arizona doesn't go to a bowl game, it's a disappointment. Yeah. And, Whereas three weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, there's no way they go in. So it, it has a chance to be a decent season, and for someone's first year, I think you talked about momentum, joking in with you in the picks. If Arizona can finish strong, get those extra practices. I think it shows that, hey, the coaching staff figured things out. Everybody's settled in, and this team can be maybe not as good as we hoped it would be this year next year because the schedule's not as uh, – easy or at least supposedly easy going in but you'd feel a lot better about this season even if it is a six and six season with a bowl game maybe you get to seven wins but yeah i don't know washington state what do you think
1: uh, I yeah, I mean, let's, there, there's a reason it's a 10 point difference, right? I mean, they're, they're favored by 10 points for a reason. I mean, that, that's very clear. Uh, but, but this is a game where Arizona is going into it really nothing to lose, right? I mean, they're 10 point underdogs and they're five and they couldn't, they could leave their five and six and their bowl chances could still be on the table. Um, mm-hmm. n- nobody's really giving them a chance to win this game. And so this is the type of situation where, you know, if, if Khalil Tate is called 95 percent, right, uh, this is a perfect game for him to show everybody on the national stage like, hey, like, yeah, we didn't start great. I mean, what we, we started? zero and two. We were in a it was three and five hole as well. Uh, and then climbed back. I mean, you're just climbing back. Right. Find ways to right the ship. And this is a perfect example of, like, was was some of that uh, preseason hype warranted? You know, if he didn't get hurt, what does that actually do for the record? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a perfect situation, especially given the climate of the Pac-12 South race, right? Again, it, it can't be overstated. I mean, they win this game. They are still very, very much alive. And now it becomes yeah. a situation. I guess where guess
0: depending on what Utah does, and we'll yeah. know that before Arizona ever kicks off.
1: Right, and that's where it gets kind of that's that the whole Utah thing is you know, a whole other thing. But uh, so U- Utah, Colorado, Colorado, hopefully Chenault's back healthy. Pulling for Colorado this week, and I really thought that Utah was going to eat it last <laughs> weekend against Oregon, but right. I, yeah, I, go figure. But staying on task here, right? I mean, if, if there is a way, right, take care of Washington State, take care of ASU, finish the game, uh, finish the season, rather, four-game winning streak, headed to a bowl game. I mean, th- that's, that's night and day from where we were, like you said, a month ago.
0: Well, if uh, this team finishes the regular season seven and five, then it's an absolute success of like the greatest like significance like with where they were, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I, I, I want to ask you this though, Adam, because it's interesting, right? So last year, uh, after the regular season, Arizona finished seven and five, and they ended up, of course, losing that pretty exciting bowl game to to mm-hmm. Purdue. Finishing the season seven and six, there there's a path here for Arizona to also get back to seven and six. Which one would be one of the most? I mean, is last year's team just as good as this year's team at 7-6? and six? Or, or, or do you give the nod to this year's team as being a little bit better at 7-6? and six? If that were to happen, of course.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, it's tricky because obviously last year's team lost their last three, lost four of their last five with the win over Oregon State kind of sandwiched in there. And I, I do think Arizona beats ASU last year if Tate doesn't get hurt. I you know, I'm pretty confident about yeah. that. And Maybe they don't call that block in the back. That wasn't a block in the back on the punt return. But I digress. It's this team this year's team is more of a team. Last year seemed a lot of the greatness of Khalil Tate, which he was great. You know, that stretch he had in October was as good as you've ever seen anyone play college football. I think that was the best four game run, probably one of the top five, four game runs in college football history. This year's team it's definitely more spread out. The defense has played its role. The running game has been good with JJ Taylor. The receivers point has been excellent. Sean Brown, you know, it just seems like more of a team effort and also just the growth. And granted last year, you thought, Hey, this is Richard Rodriguez. They're just going to continue building in the next season. And then we know he's going to get fired at the end of the season. But I think this year with the I would say there's pretty good confidence. Someone will be back. It definitely think I think it means a little bit more if they finish this season strong with that record because like last year Arizona kinda of stumbled to seven and five and this season they'd be pushing their way to seven and five and it's still the same record, but the way you got there is the road to get there is totally different. And I would I would take this year's over last year's.
1: I I would too. I mean, as as exciting as last year's October was, and you know, to think at one point last season when we were seven and three. I mean, that, that, that is just, I mean, that's so exciting and especially to have that national attention with Tate as a legitimate Heisman contender. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but this year there's something with just kind of like the, the disappointment. It's all about the position of the disappointment, right? So like last year it ended with disappointment this year, it began with disappointment, so it's like I would rather just if if there has to be disappointment, right? Get it out of the way so that you can climb back up to something, feel good about yourself to end the season. So, yes,
0: and, I, and a lot I'm depends on you. what happens with this team going forward. They lose some guys, we know that. Washington's or PJ Johnson's probably gone. Um, Poindexter's gone. You know some of the linemen and Sean Brown. who knows? Sean Brown's gone. There's been rumors even that Khalil Tate may not be back. He might grad transfer, and these are all things that'll have to play out, of course. But, you know, I think just for the coaching staff, how many people four weeks ago were criticizing someone and Mazzoni and Marseille saying, oh, this is this has not worked out the way that it was supposed to. This is not good. And all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, maybe they didn't know what they were doing. You know, maybe it just took time for things to settle and maybe it took Tate to get healthy. just it's all you always feel better when you finish strong. Yes. You know, there was, what was the year with Mike Stoops? I forget what year it was where they started off like seven and one and then finished yeah. seven and five. And it was like, well, that, that's bad. And then of course they started off the next year bad and Stoops got fired. Mm-hmm. But if they would have started Oh, and five and then finished seven and five, you're thinking, Oh, okay. They, this is good. You're, you're really pleased with that. So I think that's similar to last year. Like That's the exact opposite dynamic. of It could be the exact same record, but last year, Arizona kind of stumbled down the stretch. This year, if they get to that record, they started playing well, and you'd feel a lot better going into the offseason this year, especially if that record includes beating ASU. Yes. I think that would be the big thing. I mean, if Arizona loses to Washington State this weekend but beats ASU uh, the next, I think people say, you know what, I'll take it. Yeah. So granted they can beat if Arizona wins this weekend and next weekend it's even better. But I think the biggest game in terms of people's perceptions of this season is gonna be the one next weekend.
1: I know this is this is putting the what is it, the cart ahead of the horse here, but uh could you imagine if 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 for somehow this team finds a way to get to eight and five? After sitting at 3-5 and five, and they got a five-game winning streak, that would be amazing. And Tate, Tate, I'll tell you right now, that, that'll that put to bed any of the rumors about grad transfers. And, and I really hope even in his own You'd head, hope. Yeah, you'd uh, you, hope that. You'd hope in your own head, like, he's putting that down, right? Not happening. Because someone in Mazzoni could say, like, hey, right? Like, if you didn't get hurt, like, our, our plan works here, right? I like, mean, look, see what look happens to happening.
0: this offense, what you can be, yeah. Like, yeah. You do one more year in this, you're going to the NFL type of deal, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so... But again, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. I like to do that. I like to fantasize with that type of stuff. But, uh, the fun yeah.
0: stuff, the good fantasies, as opposed to the, oh, man, can you imagine if they lose these last six games? And, yes,
1: uh. which is kind of how it was trending there for a little bit. So, I mean, it's, it's very good. But, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and wrap that up. That, that That's enough of football talk for now. Uh, kickoff scheduled, as Adam said, 830 Arizona time uh, on ESPN Saturday night. Uh, so, more to cover on next week. Touch on it then. But Adam, it's basketball season. It is happy season. We got something <laughs> to uh, got something to hopefully feel. I, I guess you know we're, we're sitting here as, as we're recording this, coming off the Cal Poly win, um, dominant. I, I, I think that you know that it w- didn't start out that way in the first half. There were questions, uh, but they really pulled away in the second half. Um, Adam, I, I think let, let's. I think just for. The sequence of events here. Let's just start at the beginning, right? Uh, so let, let's just go ahead and start with the with the the Houston Baptist game, right? So that was the season opener last Wednesday. Uh, Arizona wins ninety to sixty. Um, don't want to spend too much time on this because I, I mean, poor Houston Baptist. I mean, if, if they could make free throws or even like point blank shots, they were mm-hmm. probably in this game. And, and we're sitting here not feeling as great about Arizona. But uh, just just in a, just in a few words, I mean, what what did you take away from the season opener?
0: that Arizona is more talented than Houston Baptist, but the cats are definitely a work in progress. And I, this is the, this is the tough I think every one of us went into the season or are going into the season, understanding that this isn't as talented a team as last year or the year before, or even maybe the year before that. Right. Like it's, there's a reason the cats aren't even ranked in the top 25. And yet when we watch them and they have their struggles, they have their growing pains, everybody's like, Oh God, this is terrible. And <laughs> The reality is they're not going to be as good now, this team, as they will be. If any other Sean Miller team, this one figures to be the one that will get better as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be those lumps. And they're more talented than a team like Houston Baptist, which is why, even though it was a terrible first half, the Cats pulled away in the second, because they are better. Um, in that game, Brandon Randolph looked every bit the guy that we thought was going to take that leap into his sophomore season. Um, Chase Jeter is going to have to rebound a lot because his team doesn't have a ton of size. A cut I thought looked good. And Dylan Smith, I know the rebounds and the defense he was playing looked pretty good as well. So there were definitely bright spots in that game, but it's also one of those where anything other than a completely dominant win over a very much undermanned Houston Baptist team is going to make you feel like "Eh, that wasn't very good. And yet Arizona did win 90 to 60.
1: So the final score is definitely something to, I, I guess, you know, hang your hat on. I mean, l- looking at how you got to the final score, maybe not so much. Uh, but again, you know, pulling it away, putting them away, uh, late, late down the stretch. That's that's what you want to see, right? It, it, it was a nine-point game at halftime. At halftime of this game, Arizona was leading 33-24. At that point, there was really not much to feel that good about, to be completely no. honest. Brandon Williams uh, was just off that night. Uh, thank goodness he can drive to the basket, that he can create these free throw opportunities. Um, you know, It's so funny, when I was watching him, and it carried over a little bit to the Cal Poly game, but in this Houston Baptist game, I was having, I was having flashes of luis mendoza from mighty ducks too where it's just like the guy is like so fast and it just looks good but can't stop like can't finish it's like that's it's like brandon williams and in a few of those drives that he had it's like oh wow just blew past defenders and then you know torques his body in a way that's like oh that's nice and then like it wasn't even close you know what i mean like yeah so, and
0: you figure he'll learn that though i loved. think it's a little bit stronger a little bit more I guess understanding of the college game, those are plays where he gets bumped a little bit or he has to take it stronger. He never had to before Mm. in high school. So, but you see the talent. Absolutely. And the nice thing about him too, is the shot wasn't falling, but he stayed aggressive. He still had five assists in that game, two rebounds was playing some pretty good defense. So he doesn't seem the type of player who, when his shot isn't falling, just completely falls apart
1: yeah no he you know there not. are
0: players who are like that he doesn't seem to be that guy at least early on
1: no no no. and and he's a scorer so you know maybe not as much as a shooter as brand Randolph is but scorers are going to score right so it's like what, what 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 do shooters do to get out of a shooting slump they shoot they gotta they shoot just, they just gotta shoot and this is gonna be the same thing because I think it's very clear that Brandon Williams is is our best player, right? I mean, I don't think that there's any discussion after the first two games
0: now. Would you agree I mean, with that? I mean, Randolph can make a case for it. He can make
1: a case for it, the but most I think...
0: talented players probably Williams, but right now their best player, I would say, is probably Randolph.
1: Fair, fair. Yeah, given the scoring that we've seen, but I guess from a talent standpoint, then, yeah, Brian oh, yeah. Williams is, is the guy. Uh, I and mean, that's not to sell Brandon Randolph short at all because he's been tremendous and very important for us, but. Uh but, but but staying on point here with, with Brandon Williams, right? Uh it finishes with 13 points, as you said, two rebounds, five assists, uh two of eleven from the field, made up for it though at the free throw line, eight of nine. Speaking of Brandon Randolph, twenty-five points, eight of twelve from the field, uh, two of five from three, seven of eight from the line as well, tacked on four rebounds in that effort. Chase Jeter is somebody that I that I want to kind of touch on here just for a moment so he 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 finished with 11 and 10 right four or five from the field not super impressive from a uh, i guess from an offensive production standpoint but he's you you touched on it earlier he's going to be our most valuable asset when it comes to rebounding and i i just kind of get this I get this weird feeling like watching him that he's just like kind of awkward and like a little unathletic. (laughs) And like, I I just, I don't know where it's going. And, you know, he completely flipped that script, I will say, with Cal Poly. And we'll get to that in a moment. But having just judged him off this first game, it was kind of like, yeah, it was 11 and 10 against Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist didn't really have much size, so I'm not really sure how to grade that. Um, But Arizona as a team out-rebounded Houston Baptist 50 to 39 You know, I guess moving aside from those other guys, I mean, Ryan Luther kind of had a quiet, quiet debut, Mm -hmm. six and eight. But, you know, those were eight valuable rebounds. Right. I mean, he's he looks the part when he's down low. Right. And I think that he's going to compliment Chase Jeter down low quite a bit. Um, Justin Coleman, another one. Right. Made his Arizona debut. Eight points, three rebounds, two assists. Four turnovers. Uh, wasn't a lot that, of them early. A lot of them early. Um, wasn't super aggressive. I felt at times. I mean, we he he's flashed, especially in the Shamanade game. And and I apologize, listeners. We're we're just going to blow right past the Western New Mexico and Shamanod <laughs> exhibitions. Uh, they won. Uh, spoiler alert. If, if you didn't see that memo, but yeah, uh, those are
0: on the DVR. The caps are fine there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they took care of business. That's fine. Chaminade gave him a little bit more of a test than maybe you'd like to see. But honestly, I'm in the position of. Uh, you, you would like to see them get tested like that and see how they handle it right you don't mm-hmm. want you don't want pushover games but 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 Justin Coleman has had flashes and and again in the Cal Poly game right like he, he had flashes of easily being able to get to the basket and I don't know if it's kind of like a PJC thing where it's like he can he can break the zone by attacking the basket and then just flips it out passes it out rather than Trying to get the shot up, right? And like, I don't know if it's his size or whatever. That's just coming with, like, you know. I guess he'll become more comfortable as as the season progresses with that type of uh, with with that type of aggression. But um, decent debut, played twenty five minutes. You know, all in all, all in all, they take care of business. One thing that absolutely needs to be touched on here, and uh, some, you know, the narrative came out after the game as to why the debut didn't go as we expected. Devonaire Dutrieve did not see any playing time until with about seven minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Jake DeSargent's saw time in the first half, played five minutes. I the entire time I'm thinking and this is when this is when Arizona was struggling offensively. They put Jake DeSargent's in. Comes out later that Devonair Dutrieve just isn't there defensively yet. He's in the Sean Miller doghouse. I'm not sure what to make of this, Adam, because I don't want to get in a situation where. Uh, you know He's not playing defense, and even though we're struggling offensively, he's going to sit there until he figures out how to play defense. Am, am I crazy? Yeah. Uh,
0: maybe a little. <laughs> I, I think just for Dutrieve, the, I don't even know if it's the doghouse, one, because he just has to grow and get bigger and stronger and a better understanding of things. And also, I mean, Desjardins makes gets on the floor a little bit because he's a forward, and Arizona needs big. So if you look at Dutrieve, you know he's a guard. Look at the other guards that played ahead of him, Coleman, Randolph, Williams. Yeah, Barcelo was in the game. ACOT, Dylan Smith, all these guys are getting minutes. So it's just a matter of squeezing Dutrieve in. And if he's not as good a defender, then you're not going to play. That's, that's how Sean Miller does things. So I don't know if so it's so much doghouse as much as he just has a lot to learn. Hmm. You know, it's, it's just one of those situations. Dylan Smith, he was, I mean, Miller was raving about Dylan Smith. He got 20 minutes in this game. ACOT, I thought, looked good in this game. He got 22 barcelo didn't look great he had a couple assists three rebounds didn't really shoot the ball well but he played 15 minutes so i don't know who dutrieve plays ahead of in this game but i think it's going really to keep an eye on that he played a little bit more the next game against cal poly and i feel like if his scoring ability continues to flash like it has so far then there will be times where he plays a significant role off the bench for arizona when they are struggling but I think, in terms of like other guys getting the minutes ahead of him or getting into the game before he did, that's just a positional and numbers thing. I don't know if there's much room for Dutrieve at this moment in the season, but you know he has looked good in his limited minutes, so it wouldn't shock me if he has a bigger role for the Cats going forward.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I guess when when you lay out the case of you know whose minutes would he have eaten into, I get that, and especially in a situation where you know for for, for most of that first half, right, like it was. It was pretty close, a lot closer than it should have been, honestly. And, mm-hmm. and, and without the help of the double bonus for about, I think, like 10 minutes in that game, uh, we, or in that first half, rather, I, I think that uh, that score probably would have been even a little bit closer uh, than, than it should have been. But, um, you know, the, ACOT's an interesting one to me because, you know, ACOT we know defensively he has it. Um, I just kind of felt like he hasn't really progressed from last year. Uh, and I know he played 22 minutes, and I know, you know a lot of it's predicated on his defensive ability. Uh, but this is a situation where I, I don't I don't know really what to expect from him moving forward from an offensive standpoint. Just kind of looks awkward when you know when he's handling the ball. Like, I don't think that there is much 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 there to be expected um, offensively. I mean, even like his his shot just kind of doesn't feel like as fluid as maybe you would expect. But um, I mean, he's he's a former five star guy, so that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. I think moving forward,
0: I think him as a little bit less athletic, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I'd say that's fair. You know, his game is, like, Acott's game is not he's not a go-to option on offense. He's not a lockdown shooter. He's not, you know, just a wizard with the ball in his hands. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's plenty athletic. And I think his role, even like we talked about, and you're right, he doesn't necessarily look that great. And then you look at his line, seven points, three, three rebounds and assists. Did have three turnovers, which isn't good, but, you know, made his two free throws, made a three-pointer. I think he has gotten better. That's the guy who couldn't shoot the ball straight at all last year, I feel like. And now he's shooting threes. So his role, I don't think, is ever going to be that go-to guy. And Rondé wasn't really a go-to guy. He was just an athletic freak. So we watched him just the dunk some of the plays he'd make. Like, wow, that was amazing. But Mm -hmm. he didn't always look comfortable with the ball in his hands or anything like that. Just his role on the team. I think Acot. I do think he took a step forward. He does look more in control. But I think even an in control, Emmanuel Acot doesn't look like the smoothest or prettiest basketball player on the floor
1: it he he's going to play a very important role so i i, I do hope that he continues to progress right um because he's we're going to need him, for, like I said, former five-star guy. I mean, it's not even really about the stars at this point. It's about you know how, how are you going to mesh with the rest of the team and, and the chemistry there when we're on the floor. So mm-hmm. um, defensively, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this team is going to hang its hat on defense. Um, three and D, I mean, this team shot 22 threes, uh, which equals the total attempts by Houston Baptist. Uh, we only hit six, six of the 22, though, but again, it was bailed out. I think overall, uh, well, maybe it's a two pronged thing here, right? Uh, Houston Baptist just frankly couldn't score. I mean, they, they were mm-hmm. twenty two of sixty nine from the floor. Uh, that is good for a touch under thirty two percent from the field. Uh, and they 11 of 27 from the free throw line so uh, you know it was just a very free throw heavy game pretty sloppy all all in all Uh, but you know a win's a win put up 90 points at home held the opponent to 60 points not sure how much of that is to do to actual defense in that case versus Houston maybe just isn't there but nonetheless 60 to 90 uh, 90 to 60 excuse me uh, they took care of business Moving forward to the Cal Poly game, Adam, this was a much better gauge, I felt, on what to expect. Should also be noted, in the first game with Houston Baptist, Ira Lee missed that game uh, due to disciplinary reasons. He was back for the Cal Poly game. Um, regardless, though, uh, Sean Miller stayed with the same starting lineup. Coleman, Brand Williams, Brand Randolph, Luther, and Jeter. Um, jumping right into it, the first one that jumped out to me was uh, Chase Jeter. Chase Jeter had a much better game this time around against Cal Poly and again, against against the team in Cal Poly that had a little bit more size, right? Like they were actually uh, much more competent in terms of size and, mm-hmm. uh, and post play uh, compared to Houston Baptist. What did you think of Chase Jeter overall in, in this matchup?
0: I thought he looked fine. And it, I think we got so spoiled as Arizona fans of some of the bigs that the cats have had, especially last year with Ian and Ristich. These guys are just offensive machines you know, obviously he obviously was a number one pick for a reason. Tucson became just automatic down low. It seemed like Chase Cheater isn't that guy, but I do think he has a role on this team. And I am curious when he faces off against another good big, because Jeter's not the biggest guy mm-hmm. for a center, but he's just Arizona's biggest guy that they have. So he has to play that role. And I am curious as to how fair against teams with legit good size, but in games like this, he, he seems to know his role: rebound, play some defense, take some shots down low, and you get the ball there. Finish around the rim, and maybe make your free throws. That's nice too. So, no, I was impressed in this game. It is. I think that kind of helps Spearhead this effort. Him and Ryan Luther both just Arizona's low post game. Their big guys in this one played really, really well. And you know, it's not going to be the case every night. But the more times they can get an effort like this from those two, Jeter and Luther, the better off they're going to be.
1: Yeah. So Jeter's final line here, 16.6 rebounds uh, looked way more comfortable down low in this game and, and, uh, a lot less awkward. I'll say at times too. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, I, and, and maybe, maybe this is nitpicking. I I don't know. P- please tell me if it is. Uh, but Jeter ha- is now Oh, and two in tip offs. Is that something that we should be concerned <laughs> about with, with the seven footer or, or, or is that simply nitpicking? I
0: mean, <laughs> I'm not going to worry about that so much. <laughs> okay. You know, it's, it's worry about, I worry about what happens after the tip then Fair. What happens actually <laughs> in the tip as, you know, maybe the ball doesn't go his way or I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Fair. He may not be a great standing jumper. And again, we got spoiled the last few years. That's probably you what know, it is. Guys like Aaron Gordon and Deandre and Aiden didn't always win the tip too. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, Deandre eight. Yeah. So if if that's the worst thing that Chase Dieter has going for him, I think he's all right. <laughs> all
1: right, good, good. Thank you for setting me straight there on that one. So uh, so Ryan Luther, another one, uh, obviously, you touched on there. 17 points, five rebounds. Three Making threes. Three steals. How about that? Yeah. yeah. He was knocking down some threes. It looked good. He, he's got a great shot. Seven of nine from the field. Uh, three of five, obviously, from three. Uh, he's... Um, He's a big pickup, and and he, and he looks the part too when he's out there. So I think he's gonna, even though he played twenty minutes in this game uh, and didn't have anything to do with foul trouble, uh, he 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 he's he's very valuable, and he's going to be very key, just as we suspected going into the season. So I'm glad that yeah. uh, you know he looks the part and is living up to the hype a little bit there. Um, mo- moving on with the rest of the box score here, Justin Coleman. You know, I guess. He was one of seven from the field. One His one shot, uh, his one make, rather, was a three-pointer. Uh, finishes with three points, one rebound, three assists, and a steal. 23 minutes. I guess, I, I think, honestly, at this point, and, and it's fair, and, and I definitely shouldn't be critical of anybody it's it's obviously Miller just trying to work out the rotation, right? Find the best chemistry of what's going to mm-hmm. work in, in, in real game situations. Um, I guess, you know, we're at the point where, you know, we've only played two games, that's fine. I That, that to me, is though something to keep an eye on, is what kind of role is he going to play? Because even Brandon Williams in this game, you know, he played 31 minutes, right? Obviously, we touched on the most talented player on the roster, most likely. Uh, finishes with nine points, eight assists. So if this now gets into a situation where... You know where he, he's he he's splitting time here basically with Alex Barcelo, uh, he being Justin Coleman and Alex Barcelo. That that to me kind of feels a little bit like uh, I uh, I'm not sure what to make of that, and, and 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 I don't even know necessarily like if it's if 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 it's a knock on Coleman or, or if it is so much of just like Barcelo kind of taking that step forward. I just I, I get I get a little fearful of of a crowded backcourt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you need options there. And Coleman, the one thing about him is, even though the shot wasn't falling, he looks to be in control. He had the turnover issues in the first game. He didn't have a single turnover in this against Cal Poly. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that veteran, that senior guy who, he's taking the right shot. And the shot will fall. The guy knows how to put the ball in the basket, but him and Brandon Williams are playing well off each other. There was an article I remember reading a week or so back, a couple weeks ago, how they really get along well and their games complement each other. And... So I don't know if you can just look at it as simple as, well, Coleman had a bad game. Would he be Like Barcello wasn't exactly shooting lights out either. Mm-hmm. So for me, Brandon Williams is a guy, obviously, he's going to have a huge role. If he If he has a great freshman season, then Arizona will be just fine. But someone like Justin Coleman kind of put him in the same group as Ryan Luther in that they're going to have games where they play really well. And you're like, wow, that is a good thing that they have this guy on the team that he transferred to Arizona. And it's probably going to be where you say, well, they didn't make any shots. What would they do for us? But that's just how it's going to go because, you know, both like, just like Luther Coleman, isn't this super stud transfer. He's not, yeah. he's not even TJ McConnell, mm-hmm. right? He's a smaller point guard. And I think we're probably all scarred a little bit from PJC thinking these small point guards can't get the job done for Arizona. And Coleman's a different type of player. Probably not as good of a three-point shooter, but definitely more of a heady guy, more of a veteran. i not necessarily more of a veteran. They've obviously been both seniors, but just someone who has, I think, a more calming skill set for Arizona, which will play really well with the young, a lot of the younger players that they're relying on, like a Brandon Randolph, like a Brandon Williams. So, to me, even if his shot's not falling, he's still doing a good job, and I can understand why Arizona was so excited to bring him into the fold.
1: Fair enough. Uh, m- moving on with the rest of the box score here. Uh, Brand Randolph wasn't as as electric as as the season opener, uh, but still, you know, plenty 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 to be excited about had his flashes of course uh finishes 26 minutes right so he had the uh, 10 points uh, only two rebounds but uh you know when he shots you know when he was in control when he was driving to the basket i mean his flashes of athleticism are just mm-hmm. really something to be excited about and it really makes you realize you know w- last year when they were talking about how you know this guy's a wild card and you know he's obviously a very good shooter potentially the best shooter on last year's team uh and this year i mean it's really starting to it's really starting to come around, right? And it's probably just a case of he just didn't have the time. He didn't have the minutes, really. You know, he was playing behind NBA guys, right? So he just didn't really have that time, that on-floor experience to, to develop. And he's going to have that time this year for sure. So plenty to be excited about there. Um, I Lee, another guy to, to mention here in his debut. Fouls Energy out, and rebounds. Fouls out in 14 minutes, which is about par for what we saw last year um yeah i mean but i mean so he finishes with six and eight it's like in 14 minutes he gets six and eight uh energy and defense is a very good way to put it i mean he is he's a freak athletically so i mean i think like that's going to be pretty exciting too i think um you know jeter he could it, develop
0: as a basketball player and turn into one he could be pretty damn good but i know he's just a big guy who can jump really high and yeah, has plenty of energy out there.
1: Uh, you know, it, it's going to get to the point where I, I don't want to waste too much more eligibility. Like, at what point does he just convert to defensive end? Like, can we just bring him <laughs> on the. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I know he and Tate are boys, so why can't Quill Tate kind of get in his ear a little bit? So, I'd
0: be a tight end or something, too. Yeah, you can I'm probably sure. You could do well like, there, yeah. Yeah, they're,
1: they're, we're. Those type of fouls that you're picking up on the hardwood, man, you're, you're not going to get that. Watch that understand. happen. How
0: many guys was a Jimmy Graham was a basketball player in college, then converted to a football player, at tight end when he left college and Tony Gonzalez, was six, too. seven, yeah. two thirty-five. So I mean, he's yeah. a guy who pack another fifteen pounds, going to be a great tight end, probably. Yeah,
1: yeah, there, there, there's a spot for you. So just remember, if you're getting sick and tired of the whistles, man, there's there's something, there's a special spot for you over in Arizona Stadium. But uh, I but I think in, in all seriousness here, right. Fourteen minutes, six and eight. Uh, he flashed as to you know what we should expect from him. You know, when he stays out of foul trouble, he is going to be a, a very unique weapon for us. And and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get excited to the point where too where if we're gonna run some small ball sets and it's gonna be Luther and Lee down low because you know Jeter Of the three, obviously he's he's probably not as athletic as Lutheran Lee. Definitely not Lee. Um, But if you're looking for some smaller ball sets and uh, you're just looking for pure athleticism, Lee's going to be the guy. And I'm pretty excited to see how this develops throughout the year too. Um, Dylan Smith, you know another another good stat line, I guess. Right, 19 minutes, 12 points, uh, seven rebounds, two assists. You know, and he had it. He didn't get credit for that block, but I remember he, uh, on, on the inbound play, he, he had a very good defensive play. Um, I guess you know it kind of just seems like I know Miller's raving about him. You know he, he's very excited about him coming into his senior year. I guess it, he just feels awkward on offense sometimes. I'm still not really fully subscribe to him as 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 a good offensive player. Am I crazy?
0: He seems like everyone's new whipping boy, Dylan Smith, and I know it's because he wasn't great last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we were expecting him from the transfer, but at the same time, you know, Sean Miller's talking about his defense, and he's playing hard, and we saw it. I watched the film room thing they did with Miller and Dylan Smith. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I see that. You know, it's like if Sean Miller's playing a guy, it's probably because he's playing hard. Miller's not the type of guy to leave someone out there if they're just borderline useless. He doesn't have to. And with as many guards and wings as this team has, they don't need Dylan Smith. So, you know, the, the shot was falling against Cal Poly and 12 points there, seven rebounds.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it, it's, I don't know. And I understand people want Dutrieve because Dutrieve looks like he could be an NBA type of player and his scoring ability is there. He's a great athlete. But if Dylan Smith is playing defense and rebounding, he isn't a bad shooter. We know that. Then I don't mind him getting minutes, but he seems like the guy who, whenever he has a bad game, or he shoots doesn't shoot the ball well, he's gonna be on everyone calls out and says, Oh, Dylan Smith, what's he doing on the floor? And if he's on the floor, I think there's a reason. Miller's not gonna play him just because like just because. He doesn't have to. Sure. So if he's rebounding, if he's playing good defense, getting in passing lanes, putting forth that effort, the energy, then to me, the shot it's kinda like Barcelo. There's things you can do without making shots and still make an impact on the game, a positive impact. And if Smith is doing those things, then great, then he should be on the floor because there are going to be nights like against Cal Poly where the shot does fall and he's very, very useful off the bench.
1: Much, much like the Oregon game last year, right, where, uh, where, where Trier uh, couldn't play that game and he stepped into the starting role in the starting lineup and he was money from three. So he's going to have his moments. I'm with you there. Uh, I, th- I think it's fair just to say that he's going to be a 3 and D guy, which th- that shouldn't be knocked. I mean, he's going to be valuable, especially because I, I do think that the strength of this team is going to be the defense. So you need to have those long athletic wings uh, to really make this whole thing work. Um, but but it does kind of feel like uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a Justin Coleman situation. I mean, I know that they're not, uh, they're not Comparables, right? I mean, he's Coleman's obviously a true point guard, and Dylan Smith's a true wing. Their 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 roles are uh, on the floor completely different, but in the sense of you know, like they're going to have probably their 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 key moments right here and there, rather than just like static productivity that you would see like with Brandon Randolph or Brandon Williams. So uh, I, I, I think all of that's fair, right? Uh, never going to knock a guy for three and D, like I said, especially because uh, defense is is going to be key this year, so. Uh, moving on from there, I mean, a, a couple others of notes, you know, Alex Barcelo, uh, he had he 13 minutes. Um, he, he's definitely going to be key, I think, throughout this rotation, throughout the season. Uh, it's it's going to be, I think, probably what everyone envisioned him being last year. And it's going to be, you know, that, 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 that true point guard, you know, and it's something that um, you can't have enough of. So I, I'm excited to see really how the Coleman-Barcelo minutes evolve throughout the year. Uh, Devonair Dutrieve eight minutes, one more than, than the Houston Baptist games. I don't know if that's, that's worth anything there, but, uh, two, two points, three rebounds, you know, uh, offensively, he looks the part. I mean, he, he's pretty athletic, right? He had that, that, uh, he had that nice little drive finisher with the left hand. And this brings us to the next point, Richard Jefferson. How awesome is it to have Richard Jefferson on the mic?
0: Yes, broadcaster you.
1: Yes, yes. That's going to be. He
0: sounded pretty good, too. I like, I mean, I've heard his podcast before. He's a smart guy, a good talker. So, no, that's yeah. fun.
1: It's good. And, um, you know, I, I think I saw somebody on Twitter point this out later, later in the evening that, um, well, because obviously the moment where. Uh, Darren Sutton, you know Richard Jefferson was questioning, you know, why is that the case in college? And Darren Sutton says along the lines, you got to take that up with the NCAA. And Richard Jefferson <laughs> says, me and the NCAA don't get along. It's like, great, yeah, yeah it's uh, uh, yeah. Oh no, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about it because I think you know, like as as the season goes on, and you know, like more and more of this FBI trials, uh, FBI trial stuff uh, unfolds. Um, I think it's good to have somebody like him in the spotlight in our corner because. You know, all these Duke guys, you know, Billis, and I used to love Jay Billis. I know we touched on this last year, but after the whole Sean Miller thing and how he just doubles down and and stands by the the Schlagbach thing, like the whole whatever, I'm kind of done with it. And, you know, Seth Davis, I know Seth Davis is another Duke guy. He's really cool. He didn't come down as hard as Jay Billis did. But um, the point being is that, you know, there's really not somebody – uh, on on the on the basketball analyst front, uh, that has a microphone in their face, like Richard Jefferson's going to be able to do as a commentator. So um, I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's never a bad thing to have more guys like that speaking up just on the mic. I don't know if he'll do more than just Arizona games. Like that would help, but yeah, yeah it's good stuff. And yeah, I, I, I'm in the same way that with Billis, he really disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the way they are. Like, I mean, this ESPN guys, and you feel like it's that tribalism just coming down so hard when. There were things you could say to criticize, to critique, and to kind of discuss the issue without coming down the way they did, and I think that was a bad look for ESPN, and hopefully it looks like Arizona's kind of bouncing back to that, Miller's bouncing back from that, but of course, things could still change in the coming months.
1: Yeah, Nico Mannion was at the game. I saw him sitting uh, off to the side of the U of A bench last night, too, so uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. I mean, I think that uh, overall, I guess, staying on task here with this team, uh, you know, up... We're not going to really know much, and and I love these tune-up games. So by the time the Maui Invitational uh, rolls around, uh, they'll have five games under their belt, right? So on this, uh, in two days from now, recording this on Monday, uh, the observation of Veterans Day, November 12th, um, UTEP will have happened, I'm sure, actually, by the time most of you have have listened to this. Uh, But um, the the, the final tune-up game before the Maui Invitational, Iowa State will be the first one there, winner of Gonzaga, and Illinois is it? If if, if look I haven't even looked at Illinois.
0: the bracket yet, yeah,
1: yeah, so something like that. So, but but that the point being that that'll be the first real test and kind of should we feel good about our situations here, right? Like, how, well, where, just, where do we stand?
0: This isn't. I mean, we remember last season what happened in the Bahamas. Arizona didn't do so well, but this team more than any other is going to need time. Yeah. And they're going to be games, and they're clearly relying on the three-pointer more than any other year before. And there are going to be nights where it falls, and Arizona looks really, really good. And there are going to be nights where it doesn't fall, and you're going to hope that they can do other things to stay in these games and win them. But I do think through the first two games, it's a talented team, not as supremely talented as we've seen, but it's a talented team just in a different way. But well, they're going to look different. It's going to be a different style of play than we've seen from Schumler coach teams, and I think it's going to trend to the direction that the college game is going with more shooting, more versatility on the wing, more defense that way. So, you know, there are going to be games where Arsenal looks really good. There are going to be games where Arsenal doesn't look so good. The question is, you know, which are there more of? And if people will be patient with this team, because, again, we understand the recruiting class just got destroyed by the, by the corruption stuff on the ESPN report. Like, that killed the recruiting class. That was going to be great. They salvaged what they did. It's still not a bad class, and there's still a lot of good players that returned from last season. Just They're in different roles than they had, so they need time. Mm-hmm. But you hope that they get better as the season goes on, that guys like Brandon Williams and Randolph play really well and show that, hey, these are NBA-caliber players that do carves out a role because he looks like he can be really good, too. And then we'll see where things land with them by the time the season's over.
1: Yep, yep, um, I'm with you. I, I think that you know after these first two games, the first two games that actually count, right, a um, lot to be excited about, I, I think. Like, obviously, not as exciting as last season's team, but I guess that you know it does feel like there is some upside here, and uh, it may not be as grim as we were originally expecting on the season. So, um, yeah. this fe- this we'll actually see. this is feels like your um, could, could it be like like the Derek Williams year? I mean, I know you know the Derek Williams Duke year. Um you right, I mean I'm not I'm not saying that we should go to the Elite Eight and that should definitely not be the expectation, but d I mean doesn't kinda of feel like there are some pieces that, you know, if if everything works the way that maybe it could, that there could be a little run, maybe a sweet sixteen thing?
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean it's it's there's a lot of basketball left to be played right now and you know, even those teams the Derek Williams teams had Derek Williams, mm-hmm. and that fluky run that to the Sweet Sixteen when they lost to Louisville still had Jordan Hill, Chase Buttinger. Yeah. You know, oh, you guys. had some pretty good play, you know, players on that team too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I I do think this is a talented team. It's just a different type of talented. Yeah. So we're we'll going to see how they grow together. But by all accounts, this team likes each other more than even last years did. So who knows how far that gets you? Just liking each other doesn't make you good, but at the same time, it can hurt.
1: Chemistry, chemistry is key, right? So I think that the chemistry is there, and to your point, yeah, they definitely—they all seem to get along, and they all seem to. to appreciate each other, so we'll we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what that's worth, right? They still got to play the game, so uh, yeah, yep. So so moving on, right? So UTEP on Wednesday, and then uh, Iowa State next week. So we're gonna try to get something. I don't know if it's gonna be uh, Adam. I don't know if it's gonna be us covering it, or, or if it'll just end up being uh, Bryant and Rick next week, touching on the Iowa State game. Uh, next week's obviously kind of goofy, just with Thanksgiving. So uh, just throwing that out there. Now um, we'll, we'll we'll see how the recording schedule goes next. week uh but obviously we'll be watching the game so i don't know if we'll talk about it immediately after the game or if we'll review it a few days uh after after the fact but uh we, we will definitely be reporting up on the whole maui invitational tournament um so if we don't talk to you uh before thanksgiving happy thanksgiving until next time bear down